What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode today. Uh, I think Jose's studying for finals right now, so Carson and I are running this. Uh, I don't have finals right now. I'm grinding towards spring break. So, Carson, how, how about you? Chilling, man. Yeah, I just had I had some midterms like last week, so I'm 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 just like waiting for my next set of tests. So I'm I'm kind of in chill mode. I am uh, I'm so excited. Our, our most anticipated movie of the last like year, two years is coming out Ooh. tomorrow. We're going to are you going to see it Friday or tomorrow? I'm seeing it Friday. Yeah, my my Griffin uh, was on tomorrow. the podcast uh, two episodes ago. He just saw it last night and said it was like ten out of ten, like cinema masterpiece. So, oh, I, I, I hope it is because it's it's been getting hyped up, and I've been hyping it up. So if it's bad, I'm gonna really disappoint myself. Yeah, and we're we're trying to bring some new content out here, so you know we're gonna be bringing some Batman talk. We're gonna be recapping that. There will be a spoiler review for the Batman coming soon. Yeah, but um, you know, diving in though, um, like like we said, we got new content coming out here, so we'll see some fun stuff coming along the line. Talk about some music, some other things along the line that, but hey. I fumbled the bag. I could have asked my boy Fernando Tatis or Cody Bellinger to hop on this podcast because they got nothing going on. Um, I'll flash some pictures up on the screen, but I actually had a chance to meet them at school and got my jersey signed, so that's pretty sick. But um, before before we talk about some MLB and the absolute shit show uh, it is right now, uh, we're going to talk about some questions, just kind of like Wednesday talk, we'll call this, uh, going about – uh, talking about some NFL topics and NBA and then dive into the MLB. So uh, NFL right now, obviously we know Aaron Rodgers fell again to the Niners, you know, his kryptonite when it comes to the playoffs. And uh, people really thought that, you know, if he wasn't going to make a big run, it was going to be it for him. And, you know, uh, rumors started circulating the fact that, you know, he could have retired after the game, uh, all sorts of things. And now, you know, it's really kind of 50-50 at this point, maybe even 75-25 that he's going to stay. Because, you know, they're thinking, you know, he's going to get paid the highest quarterback of all time deal, um, all this stuff. So, you know, well, I got to ask, like, what does this mean, you know, for the Packers? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is called, we're, we're calling a bluff on this fact that he might be staying? Uh, what does this mean for Jordan Love? Because you're sitting what? Is that, it's going to be 30 year Jordan Love sitting, right? Yeah, 30 yeah, year. A third yeah. year for Jordan Love sitting. Uh, I just want to hear your take on it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, I'm looking at it. If I'm going to leave Green Bay, it has to be for something that I know for sure is, you know, going to be a lot better because, you know, he's in a situation in Green Bay, you know, they've been to, you know, what, the last like four or five NFC championship games or at least, you know, the round before, um, you know, they have a really, really, really solid team right now. And I think that, you know, these days, you know, of course, you know, signing Adams is, you know, extremely crucial as well. That that's a major factor in that, you know, I think they're, they're kind of like, you know, a package deal, but they, they have to keep Adams if they want to keep Rogers. And I think this is really, you know, one of, if not the best situation for him, I don't know, you know, I mean, maybe Denver, I think, you know, that's another, you know, people are talking about that as a potential option. I think that could, he has the potential to, uh, you know, to be better. But, you know, this is, he's been in this situation for so long. He has that familiarity. And I just don't really see, you know, with Brady leaving, uh, you know, New England, you know, he knew that, you know, the Bucks were going to be a better situation because they're, you know, they had a really great defense, they had elite weapons, which, you know, the Patriots, you know, did not have in his last year. And for Rodgers, I feel like he needs to take that same approach. He needs to know that the team he's going to is going to be, you know, better and give him a better chance 
uh, of winning because Green Bay, you know, they've, they've been so close, you know, and it's like, you know, I feel like it's eventually, you know, it might be their year, you know, we'll see, you know, it hasn't been their year in the last few years, but they're always right there. So it, it's, it would take, it would take a lot for them to leave. I think. Yeah. I feel like if the Packers truly want to show that they believe in Rogers, they believe in the situation, it's something that uh, you might live to regret, but I feel like you should trade Jordan Love. I think a team, send him like the Washington football team. I, I like that idea. Maybe try and pry away, you know, one of their defensive backs from them, uh, maybe a pick or two. Uh, I, I feel like you get a good starter from a team like that, uh, you know, and a pick. I feel like, you know, it gives an ability because three years of Jordan Love sitting, you know, he's going to demand a trade next year if he's not, you know, playing somewhere. Because I, as a quarterback, you're a first-round pick, and you don't even have the chance. You had one career start and it's because your quarterback was injured, you know, and you went against one of the best teams in the NFL. So, like, you know, expectations were extremely high for you. But I want to see Rodgers gone. I kind of want to see this Jordan Love era in Green Bay. Um, you know, I feel like he's a guy that's flying extremely under the radar because no one really knows much about him because we don't have much tape on him since he's entered the NFL. Um, you know, Rodgers goes to Bron the Broncos. That'd be awesome. And, you know, the situation with Tay, you know, he's 29 years old. He'll be turning 30. Um, during December next year uh, playing under the franchise tag again is going to be hard to convince a player that old, uh, you know, going on to 30, not like Devonte Adams is going to drop off a cliff next year at all, but he's a wide receiver, a position that doesn't very age a ton. Well, you know, I think he'll age well, you know, but the fact of the matter is he wants to get his bag while he can. And if he's only getting one year deals, uh, it's going to be hard for him. Um, I feel like to convince him to stay, uh, you also have Capel with a lot of other guys on the roster, you know, getting big time money. Bakhtiari's getting paid like a, a quarterback at, at this point, the way he's making money. You know, you still got to make a decision. You paid Aaron Jones. I still hate that deal. I, I live on that take that I feel like they should have let him walk. They should have paid Lindsley if you were going to pay one of those guys in the long term extension because Dylan's looked fantastic from what we've seen from him. So, yeah, uh, interesting situation in Green Bay, you know. It, it, do we really believe they're going to, you know, do something that's going to turn them into a Super Bowl contender? No, they'll, they'll probably keep Rodgers. They'll go, they'll be like eight and one at one point next season. Everyone's going to say, you know, oh, this finally isn't a fluke year, yada, yada, yada. But it doesn't matter because if they can't show up in the playoffs, what's going to change? You know, I think LaFleur is a good coach, but at the end of the day, you can't, you can't control everything as a head coach, despite the fact that I don't know why Cliff Kingsbury got uh, extensions of 2027, but yeah, they're very um they're very similar to me as like the Jazz, right? Like the Jazz, you know, every year they're like always have, you know, a great record, you know, they're always, you know, top four, whatnot. But it's like you don't you're not really sure about them because they they haven't done the playoffs in so long. And obviously the Jazz don't have a you know a player, you know, that equates to you know Rogers level. I mean, you know, hopefully Mitchell would get you know, we'll get there. You know, he's you know uh taking those taking those steps up there, but they just it's like yeah nothing they do they you know they could go undefeated and it just doesn't matter because they've came up so short you know at first feels what well, feels like so many years now you know it feels, you know it's like five years six year stretch they've gotten so close and it, you just have to pray that they can yeah actually get it done um but let's uh let's transition to the nba we got a couple of nba questions uh you know 
some some Rogers level star power, you know, Harden and Embiid, you know, uh, the new duo who they've been you know, looking fantastic, you know, their pick and roll uh, combo is so elite. And then, you know, Maxi really stepping up is like that elite, like third guy who is just feasting off, you know, all the, uh, you know, all the weaker help defenders that he's getting from the Harden and Embiid, you know, kind of traction and, uh, and how they pull in the defense. So, uh, you know, it's great right now, but, you know, is this, you know, how amazing this duo is right now, how, how well they're playing, will it be sustainable in the playoffs? And do you actually really believe in the Sixers as being, you know, the favorite and, you know, they could actually voice the trophy? Yeah. So the track record doesn't look good for their two star guys, you know, and beats a guy that like, yeah, he's been exactly. way too healthy. I hate saying it because I think Embiid's one of the most prolific big men we've seen in a long time. I think he's the best big man we've seen in the last 20 years. Like in terms Embiid of Embiid is awesome. Uh, yeah. I think he's better than Prime Howard, uh, you know, all those guys, you know, Till Shaq yeah, at this point, for what it seems like. But and then Harden, he's yeah. not a good playoff performer from what we see. But you know, you gotta hope that they can rely on the fact that they have a veteran coach who has been in a lot of situations. Uh, that can be able to get them around. Um, it should be able to bring them uh, to it. But he's you know, another guy that's been really bad in the playoffs too. Like, you know, he's, he, him and Harden, you know, they got some, they got some playoff demons to really shake out, you know, between, you know, Rivers. And then even Embiid, you know, Embiid ha has had his moments uh, in the playoffs too. He's been much, much better and consistent, I think. But still, even he has, you know, his lapses sometimes in the playoffs. Yeah, and I really like the fact, like I was listening to Colin Coward uh, the other day while I was eating, and he was saying the fact that, you know, who cares about your bench when it comes to the playoffs? Because it only matters, you know, if you put up, you know, X amount of bench points, like 70 bench points or whatever, that's not going to matter because your bench is always going to shrink. If you have star guys that can go out there and deliver, that's always going to be more important. You know, looking at your, <clears throat> looking at your lineup one to five, you're, you're rocking with Maxi. you're rocking with Harden, you're rocking with Thibault or Danny Green, however you want to rock. And then you got Tobias Harris and Embiid. That's a fantastic, fantastic group of players to have out there. You know, you know, if you throw him, uh, Danny Green's probably going to be best in those situations because he's got the playoff uh, experience, unlike anyone else on that roster has. Um, uh, I like it. I like them more than Brooklyn. I, I think Brooklyn's kind of they really made a huge splash thinking that these stars were all going to be healthy and they just kind of all hit bad points in their careers where they were just unavailable and along the line of that. Yeah. So uh, I think Brooklyn, I mean, not Brooklyn, it should be Sixers bucks in the uh, Eastern conference finals. As much as I love a team like the heat, um, you know, there's plenty of other teams. Uh, I just can't think of on top of my head right now, but I feel like those two teams yeah. are facing off in the Eastern conference finals. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, with Harden and Bead, it's just, you know, I think they are at their peak. I think they are the best team because you laid it out, you know, two elite, elite stars. I mean, for Harden to be, you know, the second best player on this team, you know, which he was on the Nets, it's just, it's just so crazy because it's James Harden. Um, because I think Embiid is, you know, at, right now, I think, yeah, he is the better player. It's just a testament to how amazing he's been. Um, and you know, you laid it out. I mean, having Tobias Harris as your your fourth best player is a massive, massive luxury because like, that's exactly where you want him. You know, because they were kind of re relying on him as you know their third best player. And then when Simmons, you know, kind of had his lapses and when he wasn't really playing well in the playoffs, he'd you know kind of have to be the second best player. So you love him as your as your fourth best player. But I agree. But it's just you know, do we really believe in Harden and Embiid making it through? 
four straight playoff rounds. Because, yeah, Embiid, it, it's so sad because, yeah, it's like he's playing so well, but you also kind of think like this – this has to end at some point, right? Because he's just been so injury prone, but hopefully, uh, you know, that isn't the case this year. Hopefully we get a full healthy Embiid season, which we have been up until this point. And with Brooklyn, yeah, you know, I think the peak version of them with Kyrie, Katie, who's coming back, uh, you know, tomorrow, or if you're you know, listening to this, you know, if it comes out Thursday, it'll be on Thursday. Um, he's coming back Thursday, you know, with him, Kyrie Simmons, I think that on paper at their peak is a really, really great squad, but time is ticking for when we're actually going to get to see them because, you know, Kyrie, he plays, you know, every other game or whatever Simmons, who knows when he's going to be back. If he's even going to play this year, you know, we're not really too sure. Um, so I, I agree with those teams. I'd probably throw the heat in there just because heat bucks, they're very, very consistent. And I really like that. Whereas, you know, Sixers, um, you know, Nets, they have a little, you know, a few question marks to them. Um, so I, I do like that as well um, because the Bucks they've been playing a little bit better and they, they've they been there before. They did it last year, so they got that confidence. Yeah, so we're going to keep bouncing back and forth uh, before we hop back to NBA. We're hopping to another NFL question. We're talking about our favorite team. We're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. I should have worn yep. my Debo Samuel jersey because it just came in. But um, we got well, Which one did you get? Did you get a white one, red one? We'll take a we'll take a quick second here. I'll grab yeah, it. Yeah, a little sneak peek. Oh, nice. So we rocking that. The red black is tough. Like with the main color being black. Yeah, it's tough. Despite the fact though, uh, we got a quarterback situation. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe towards the end of this month, uh, there's like a point in his contract that he's got to be tra- like if he's traded by. They, like, avoid salary cap hits, something along the lines of that. I'm not too sure, but I know something to do towards March. I know the same thing with Carson Wentz, which is why he's up in trade conversations. But, um, you know, Jimmy G looking to get shoulder surgery, uh, team looking to deal him. Uh, Carson, I'm putting you in John Lynch's uh, shoes right now. What move are you making as a San Francisco 49ers uh, GM? Yeah, this is a really hard question to ask because – of Trey Lance. Trey Lance is really, you know, the X factor in this because, you know, I, I just obviously like you would have to be in the organization to know, you know, how they're feeling on him because I, I see reports that, you know, they think he could be like the next Patrick Mahomes and that he's, you know, killing it. Uh, you know, he's, he's ramping up and really, really, you know, starting to put it together. And then I, I also see reports of people coming out that say they've, you know, been in the front office and, you know, got inside access that he is, you know, behind schedule and he's, uh, you know, not playing up to what they thought he'd be doing, you know, by his second year. So I, I, I have no idea what to believe with Trey Lance, you know, that it's, it's, we're going to just have to wait and see. Um, but I think, I think if you feel like he's ready to go, um, it's time, it's, you know, I think it's time to pull the trigger. And with Jimmy G, you know, I know he's great in the locker room. I know the team really likes him, but I think as like, it is very similar, I think, to kind of the Ben Simmons situation where it's like it's, there's just been so much, you know, turmoil and heartbreak with Jimmy G. You know, he he, he teases you. He's like, you know, he, he plays really well and he gets you so close to, you know, the Super Bowl and whatnot, and then he just, you know, throws it away at the end. Um, and I think that's just left a really a really bad stench kind of for 49ers fans. And I think, you know, it's, it's not completely, you know, out of the realm of possibility for him to return. But I think that relationship is, is almost, you know, kind of disconnected between, uh, you know, the team, the fan base and, and Jimmy G. So I think, 
I, I think I looked to deal him for sure because I think I think it was kind of inevitable. So I think I think if it doesn't happen, I think that should be a surprise. Yeah, I have to agree. I feel like you got to move the youth movement. You have one of the best young rosters in the NFL. You got to be able to bring Trey Lance in there. He's going to learn through trial and try. I mean, through triumph and uh, through error. I feel like that's the only way to teach him in this league. Um, you know, he's going against some of the best of the best in his division. Um, the more time you wait, uh, I feel like the harder it is going to be to integrate him. You know, you got to be able to catch up with these guys because who knows, the Rams night might be the roster they uh, were when they won the Super Bowl due to a lot of cap issues. Uh, we don't know about Seattle. Aussie, bad season for them. Uh, and the Cardinals, interesting. So we might be the top dogs next year only for the fact that the, we're only having a problem with moving on from one of our quarterbacks, moving to a guy that could have potentially a bigger impact on our team. So uh, you want to hop into that next NBA question? Yes. Our, our other favorite team, you know, the Golden State Warriors who um, have been slipping, man. You know, we, uh, you know, we lost to the Timberwolves, uh, you know, last night, uh, you know, we blew, absolutely blew a game against the Mavericks. We had like, like less less than 10 points or it might have even been like less than five points in the fourth quarter against the Mavericks and they came back to beat us um you know we've really 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 been slipping you know we missed Draymond uh you know he says he's optimistic that he's coming back soon I know he started practicing in some capacity but we really really need him we're almost too deep that we have too many guys that you know it's tough because some guys you know aren't able to catch rhythm because you know we have such a kind of influx of, of rotation guys we're, we're we're lucky to be so deep but it's also kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time and uh you know i'm not really sure because we're like 19 and 11 or 19 and 12 and you know the last you know month or two months or so which you know is is okay but it's not you know not really where we want to be where we were at the start of this season and i just kind of feel I personally, I feel us kind of slipping from the Suns as, you know, title contenders in the West. But what do you think? You know, what what do you think, you know, we need to do? Is it just, you know, waiting on Draymond? You know, how worried are you? Because I think at the beginning of the season, I was really optimistic that, you know, we would be right there if at least Western Conference Finals, if not getting to the title. But now I, I'm not really so sure, man. And especially with Curry, you know, he's been playing better, but he's still been kind of in a slump this whole year. You know, how do you feel about this team? How, how confident do you feel in them now about being actual title contenders? There's three teams in the West that truly, like, make me – like, I believe we could lose a playoff series to this year. I believe it's the Suns. I believe it's the Mavericks. And I believe it's the uh, Nuggets, since MPJ and Jamal Murray are expected to make a full recovery in time for the playoffs. Um, really? Not the Grizzlies? You wouldn't throw the Grizzlies in there? No, I think the Grizzlies are too inexperienced. I think it's like a team like the Knicks or, or the Hawks that – actually, not the Hawks because the Hawks made it, made it pretty far. I feel like it's – you know, they're a year too early right now, and I feel like, you know, we can really trust them when it comes playoff time, you know. Yeah, I, that's I was, fair. I was but, man, to... they scare me, bro. I mean, I, I agree with that point, but also I'm like, I still wouldn't be surprised because their athleticism and their, their skill level is – it might it might outweigh their experience, man, because they they are legit. So I, I feel a little different than you on that, but I I, I can see the point. But yeah, sorry, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so I love like I mentioned listening to Colin Coward, uh, him and Bill Simmons, two guys have been listening. <laughs> me, put me, me on me too. I, I love both those guys. They're, they're wrong sometimes, but they're awesome. I always listen to his podcast whenever I fly anywhere. But um, uh, speaking of you know the Grizzlies, uh, Colin was mentioning the fact that. 
you know, they don't have the greatest three-point shooting team. Like, as much as you think that, you know, they got this guy, Desmond Bain, who's a knockdown shooter, Morant is not a guy that when it comes, you know, to clutch time that you're trusting with a game with a big three-point shot, you know. You know, sure, Brooks can hit a shot, but Jaron Jackson is extremely efficient. Same with Clark. Um, you know, all the all the guys on the team, not really like tons of snipers on that roster when it comes down to it. And also, they draw fouls extremely well. Uh, you know, they get into the line a ton. And, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, the refs swallow the whistle. Really word for word what Colin said, and it's true. You know, these young teams aren't going to be getting the calls that they're used to. It's going to be hard for a guy, you know, as talented as Morant was in his first playoff series. You know, one of the youngest guys ever, I believe, to score 40 um, and so on and so forth. I feel like it's going to be a learning curve for this team because let's say you go against the Warriors, for example. You know, the Warriors can spread them out because they can put a guy like Draymond out there at the five. You know, he's got history going against a guy like Steven Adams. So, you know, be able to spread this team out, force them outside. Um, I feel like the Grizzlies next year, I feel like they need one more guy that can be a good, like, secondary ball handler scorer alongside. I love to see Bradley Beal there. I feel like that's like <laughs> ideal dream to yeah. have alongside him. But um you Man, know that'd we'll be see. dirty. But I um, agree with that too because I think they uh they're like a, same with the Warriors. I because I was you know we we debated it on this you know kind of back and forth when we were close to the trade deadline. Like the Warriors and Grizzlies are very similar and like they're so deep that you know they are definitely a three for one or a four for one trade you know, waiting to happen because the the quality of their role players are, are are really good. They could definitely pull off, you know, that kind of trade to get someone, yeah, like a Bradley Beal or like a Jalen Brown or like someone like that who might have been on the market. Um, but yeah, I also agree. I think I think, you know, whatever they do in the playoffs is just kind of like, you know, cherry on top because yeah, I agree. Next next year I would really, you know, pick them to potentially get to conference finals, finals. I think I, I think they're uh, they're that talented. But, uh, yeah, Suns, Mavs, we don't match up well with the Mavs. Um, and, yeah, the Nuggets, we'll, we'll see about Murray. You know, I mean, there's not a really good track record of people, like, coming back from ACL surgery and, you know, being, you know, themselves right away. But if, if he does, he's then, a clutch you know, ass watch mofo. out. He's a yeah, I mean, he, we, we see he can heat up. And, you know, that's, that's really, you know, because, you know, Jokic, you know, you're getting, you know, he's super consistent. He's super clutch. You know exactly what you're getting from – uh, from Jokic and I think he's that dominant and he's that good where he can kind of carry a team through a playoffs and with Murray if you just get one game or two you know elite Murray games I think that would be enough to you know flip a flip a series uh, I agree we'll, we'll just see if he can come back to you know 90 percent of what he was yeah and I mean uh you know Murray obviously it's a bubble the bubble was about his a big of a blimp on the radar as it is in the way people were playing. This man was putting up 50 like it's no one's business in the bubble. But And we know that, sure, it was 50 points in the bubble. Fucking TJ Warren did it a bunch. But this man, Jamal Murray, was yeah. a hot hooper, though. Uh, as much as people want to put him in like the top 10-point guard range, he's not there yet. He just hasn't been enough on the court enough recently in the last couple of years. But uh, I'd love to see as much, you know, Hossie, I'm rooting for the Warriors 100% all the way. I want to win the chip, but I like I like that young team in uh, Denver. I feel like health is the only thing holding them back from from it because man, they got one of the most generational big men we've seen in a long time in Jokic. Because he's no Embiid when it comes to sheer dominance, but this man he fills up the stat sheet and he impacts the game in so many ways. Yeah, it's a shame with the Nuggets, man, because you know the Nuggets, you know, yeah, that bubble season, you know, they they go you know all the way to the you know conference finals. 
And, uh, you know, they were kind of in the position that the Grizzlies are in where they were like the hot, young, you know, really, really, you know, solid team that was like really young, but also like, you know, you, they're so talented. You could see them, you know, getting far in the playoffs. And it's just a shame because it's kind of all crumbled, uh, really kind of all crumbled in the last, uh, you know, last year or two, because, you know, remember, remember when they got Aaron Gordon at the deadline and they were looking like one of the best oh, yeah. teams in the league. And then all of a sudden, you know, Murray goes down and then Porter Jr. And it's just a shame, man, because yeah, Jokic has been out there balling with, you know, a bunch of decent role players when, you know, at this team at its peak, you know, would be awesome. And they'd be right there with this. I feel like they'd be right there with the Suns and the Warriors and, uh, you know, whoever else you, you want in the Grizzlies, whoever else you want to put up there, just a shame, man. It's just, you know, seeing this team with Porter Jr., Gordon, Jokic, Murray, and then, you know, Monte Morris, you know, all the guys they have off the bench. Um, it's just a shame we're not getting to see that at full strength. Oh, wait, hold on. I can't hear you, boss. Hold on. Hey, wait, hold on, Liam. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't hear you. Hold on. We might need a technical difficulty break. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Hi, all. Sorry about the little issue right there, but we're all good. We got some stuff figured out. But like I mentioned, the Saints moved on. Dennis Allen, new head coach. Interesting situation. We got a quarterback dilemma out there. You know, Jameis injury was looking good at the beginning of the season. People were putting MVP votes on this man after he put up five <laughs> touchdowns in Jacksonville versus the um, Packers, but, you know, is he going to be the guy, you know, injured again, uh, you know, it's been an up and down career for this man. It'd be cool to see him go back to Tampa Bay uh, and maybe get a resurgence out there, some weapons and a new eyes, uh, a new, some new eyes actually. But um, yeah, we're thinking potentially they could be uh, going 18th overall, selecting uh, Liberty quarterback Malik Lewis, Willis. Uh, they're thinking Taysom Hill might just go over and take the spot. And, you know, since they paid this man, such a weird contract with such big money implications. But I got to ask you, Carson, if you're taking a bet, you know, you got, I give you a hundred bucks. You have a list of guys to put money on. Who do you think is going to be the new Orleans Saints quarterback week one? Oh man. I think I'd run it back with Jameis, man. I mean, he, you know, he played well, you know, when he was, you know, actually under center and healthy, uh, you know, already, you know, been in the system. He's been there two years, right? If he goes back, this would be his third year. Yeah, so he's been in the system. Taysom Hill's not that guy. We've already, we've got a, a good enough sample size of him as a starting quarterback. He's just, he's just not a quarterback. You know, uh, he's, you know, not ideal for them. I would go with Winston. I, I would go with Winston. Um, and yeah, it's tough. You know, the Saints, their uh, their Super Bowl window really really closed I think you know Peyton leaving quarterback situation um, you know I like that you know Dennis Allen they just you know promoted him you know keep it in house um, I I respect that and I like that for them but uh, yeah I, it should be Winston but I just I don't really and we'll get into it in a sec with who we think is going to win the NFC South I just don't really look I I see this team as like a 500 team you know re regardless of 
you know, Winston or who their quarterback is um, just because, you know, I think Sean Payton meant, you know, that much to them. Uh, Mike, like you said, they stayed in house, especially with defensive coordinator. I mean, honestly, because that's their best. That's their strong suit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Lombardi would have been there, but then he left to go, I believe the chargers, but I like it because I feel like, you know, with Dennis Allen, he'd be able to develop, you know, I don't think that they're a rookie. I can't remember their rookie defensive end. We've used out of Houston. I didn't like him too much, the pick, but, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. they can develop. It's, it's a random guy. I, I don't know if you know it, but. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big, I'm not a big draft guy. But I remember I was kind of like a head scratcher on that pick, but hopefully they can turn that guy around, make him maybe a Trey Hendrickson, you know, best case scenario with the Saints his last year. But, you know, we got to see Michael Thomas, even more of a question mark on this team. Like this man's got to want out, you know, you imagine, I don't even know the last time he, I think the last time, yeah, the last time he was playing real football, uh, he was putting up Cooper cup kind of numbers in the way that he was dominating out there. They call this man slant God, you know, whoever cares, because we've learned the narrative of Cooper cup. You call that man slot God, who cares? Because uh, call him slot merchant, whatever. Cause he's going to go out. Productivity there is productivity, man. It's like, yeah, exactly. If you freaking, Anyone could do it in the slot. They put J.J. Arcega white side in the slot and he put putting up a thousand, but is he? No. So a uh, stupid argument in my opinion, but uh, what, we'll, we'll hop right in though. Cause you just mentioned it. We'll, we'll tackle this for real quick. NFC South. Just give me your pick. Who are you thinking? Man. No, I was like, I was looking at the division and man, it, there, that division is grim, man. I mean, especially now with, you know, the Saints, you know, probably regressing and, you know, being a 500 team. Uh, it, it's really grim because I, I would I, – I'd probably pick the Saints because I still – I'm still not sure about what's going to happen with the Bucks QB situation. Uh, that's going to be something that, you know, is really going to, you know, influence this pick, you know, later on down the line. But, man, I mean, I think I'd probably go with the Saints just because – you know, I think Brady was was such an important part of the Bucs and why they were so good. And, you know, they're still, you know, probably going to keep, uh, you know, they'll still have Evans. Well, actually, wait, you know, wait a second. You know, hold on. I mean, that core now, you know, if they lose Godwin, I mean, Gronk, you know, he'll, I mean, Gronk will probably end up retiring, right? I mean, if, I mean, Brady's gone, you know, I, I mean, Gronk wasn't even playing that well anyways. I mean, AB's gone. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got Scotty Miller. I mean, who else do they really have besides that? Uh, or besides Evans, really. And, you know, their defense, uh, you know, was still good last year, but not, uh, you know, not as elite as it was the year before. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I, 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 would, I would pick the Saints, I think, because the Bucs just have a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks to me. I'm going the Falcons. I'm being bold here. I've said the Panthers, but they're a dumpster fire. Every time I want to bet. They got to figure out their QB situation. They're terrible. Honestly, I think the Falcons got something special. I like what Arthur Smith is doing out there. AJ Terrell, lockdown corner. And they can nail their first round draft pick. They get Derek Stingley. And Derek Stingley plays anything like he did his freshman year at LSU. That's a lockdown quarterback duo. And the defense has been their weakness the last couple of years. That was not why they made the Super Bowl. So, you know, if Calvin Ridley can somehow, you know, they can plead him to come back. Kyle Pitts is going to be uh, as dominant as ever next season, I'd imagine. Uh, give me give me the Falcons. I, I truly believe that they can uh, make a big difference out there. And if they draft a running back in the second round, they can get like Brees Hall from uh, Iowa State. I'd love that for them. Um, big moves out there in Atlanta because, you know, 
they're going to want to get a war curse guy because that's what Arthur Smith is about. And that's the reason why Derrick Henry's the king. So uh, you meet Atlanta. Yeah, that's an upside pick because they got some, yeah, they have real talent on the roster. They just, you know, haven't really been able to put it together the last couple of years. But yeah, they, they have some real players, man. I mean, you listed them off. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's someone that, you know, I don't know why he doesn't get talked about as someone that, you know, would be a guy that, you know, for some of these teams that feel like, you know, yeah, you know, they're a quarterback away. You know, why not look at a guy like Matt Ryan who's been, you know, really, you know, consistent, solid. Yeah, his contract is bad, but still, I mean, um, he's he's someone that I think, you know, could be like a backup option, kind of like how Jimmy G is, like a backup option if you're not able to get, you know, like a Rodgers or Wilson if they're going to leave, you know. Yeah, but how about we hop into this next NBA question? We're talking about MVPs, talking about mans that can just hoop. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you mentioned Embiid. We we talked about Jokic. You know, those are, you know, I, ideally, you know, the two front runners for MVP, um, along with Giannis as well. It's just weird with Giannis because, you know, he's already won, you know, the last cup or not not the last one, but, you know, the two before that. So he's, people kind of have voter fatigue, but he's playing just as well as he played his MVP season. But, you know, besides Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, you know, there's two guys, you know, are John Moran and DeMar DeRozan, are they also worthy for MVP? And uh, I'm really excited to talk about this, but I'll let you go first. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like both the guys, the way they're playing this year is, I mean, very cliche to say, the reason why their teams are doing so well. DeMar DeRozan has... I like DeMar DeRozan more than John Morant because I think in terms of a voter, he has a better storyline. You know, I was like seeing some videos, you know, like looking at him on the San Antonio Spurs, he was looking like he was just going to become, you know, a guy that was going to age gracefully, you know, kind of, you know, develop some playmaking, some rebounding, a little bit better defense, so on and so forth. You know, a Spurs player, for example. Then jump ship goes to Chicago, you know, it's he's the guy that people have been looking at and say, man, like he's the Jordan play style and offensively. Uh, we're not saying this man is Jordan. Uh, I'm not trying to make that a, a huge claim here, but you know, offensively, their games are extremely similar. You know, the way he, they work the mid range and be able to get to the hoop. Uh, both guys have that in them. And DeMar putting up like 28 a game, you know, one of the most ridiculous scoring stretches we've seen in the last decade, put up 35 points on 50 plus percent. Uh, this man's February numbers were absolutely insane. And um, I think John Morant's just behind him, but I, I'd have DeMar in that top four, 100%. And if he can get the Bulls higher up in this, I think if they give him like the two seed, they, they might be around there. Hold up, let me check that. Oh, yeah, they are the two seed. I, I they can they the two no, they are the two seed. They're two games back of the heat. If they can maintain like a close lead, I mean, uh, like distance between the heat all year, Give me the. I think Demar's got a good case for it. I I hundred percent agree because uh you know they've been you know besides the Rose you know they had three made you know well not major I guess however you want to look at it they had three new acquisitions this year in the offseason the Rosen is Caruso and it was Lonzo and obviously the Rosen you know with the scoring and everything but you know. I think, you know, Lonzo and Caruso, you know, are kind of underrated in the sense of how important they were to, you know, why the, you know, this team's success because they're two elite defenders and, you know, they, they upped, uh, you know, the Bulls were trash on defense last year and they made them into a legitimate, legitimately really solid, you know, defensive team. And, you know, they've been without them, you know, for about a month now, they've both been out for a, a long time and he is still, you know, 
where they've lacked in, you know, losing defense, DeRozan has stepped up his scoring so much and has been scoring at such an elite level with those two out that he's kept them afloat. He's basically kept them afloat with, you know, his 35 plus point game streak, you know, which I don't know if it's still going on or not, but he's just been so magnificent this year. His, his shooting numbers in the mid range and, and, and whatnot are just so elite so efficient and I agree he deserves to be up there because he's really kind of taken the mantle the mantle as the you know the one a guy you know really just the the number one guy I think Levine's kind of really stepped back and become that number two guy but to have Zach Levine as a number two option is is you know really freaking good so um I put him in there I also put John there just of how you know how great they've been and I, I agree if they if you know, Grizzlies Bulls can maintain a you know a top three seed um, in the East. They should definitely be yeah in that in that top five. It's just a shame because both of these guys, you know, if Embiid and Jokic weren't having you know generational type seasons, you know, let, let's say you know Embiid and Jokic just didn't exist in this timeline, Jaw and DeRozan would would probably be battling it out for the MVP if Embiid and Jokic were not in the league right now. It just so happens that we are blessed with two of the best centers ever, you know, playing, you know, they're in their primes and playing their best basketball. So. Mm -hmm. Crazy to think that one of them was a second round pick and was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Yeah. The Taco Bell commercial. Mm -hmm. God, but, um, yeah. What a travesty. What a travesty, but I'm so glad that. Oh yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was just saying, I, 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 I don't care how he got drafted. I'm so glad he's here. Cause I, I love Jokic so much. Yeah, so uh, we're going to hop into our last NFL question. And then uh, I know Jose would love to be here for this MLB question because I know that man's very passionate about what he's got to say uh, about that man, Manfred. But um, NFL, free agency wide receivers, you know, we talked about it last offseason. I remember Jose and us all agreed that Marvin Jones is going to be a guy that was going to go off. Unfortunately, Jacksonville was maybe one of the most dumpster fire of the season last year behind the Raiders. Because, man, the, the, I don't care if they made the playoffs. That team was a cluster um, with everything going yeah, on. They were. Yeah. But, you know, now we're looking at guys. We got some big guys hitting the market. You know, Tay Adams <clears throat> potentially up for a move. Allen Robinson uh, most likely going out of Chicago. Uh, Chris Godwin potentially uh, moving on from Tampa Bay. A uh, list of guys, you know, on and on and on. Um, I got to ask, though, if you're putting money on a wide receiver to make a huge impact on his next team, you know, uh, significantly improve or you know just really show out on this next team who are you taking uh for free agency uh wide receiver yeah uh, i'm gonna go with the obvious pick and alan robinson just because you know he's kind of been stuck on you know a really dysfunctional you know team when it comes to quarterback play in the chicago bears and you know we see how talented he is you know when he's out there making plays you know he looks like you know, a really, you know, great receiver. And I think, you know, if he just get, he just needs to get to a team with a competent quarterback, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, for him, I don't know if he wants to wait for fields. I mean, yeah, I think fields will be, you know, solid next year. Who knows how long it's going to take for him to hit his potential, but um, I think it would definitely be Robinson. And then a, a dark horse for me is Jamison Crowder. Cause when he's healthy and he plays, he's really solid. And, you know, that's another team that has not been, you know, that great, you know, when it comes to their quarterback play. So, uh, I, I picked those two guys. I think Crowder's a sneaky pick, and I think Robinson's the loud, uh, not-so-sneaky pick. Yeah, I think my not-so-sneaky pick is going to be Chris Godwin. I'm extremely high on this guy. 
uh, you know, in the 30 for the infamous 30 for 30 season by Jameis Winston. Chris Godwin yeah. is wide receiver three in fantasy on top of just being an absolute monster when it came down to it. Uh, you know, he's a more productive wide receiver than Mike Evans when they're both on the field together. As much as Mike Evans deserves not as much hate as he gets because, you know, he's a red zone threat. He puts up a thousand yards like it's death and taxes. It's guaranteed out there for him. But um, exactly. Yeah. No, Chris Godwin, though, I feel like he's just extremely talented. He's been the wide receiver, too, on this team for a long time now. And put him in a situation where he's with a guy like a Trevor Lawrence. I'd love to see him go to Jacksonville. I would have loved the storyline with Byron Leftwich going there. You know, the Q, the former QB drafted by there didn't live up to the hope and is going to regain it, live through Trevor Lawrence. That would have just been a, a storybook team if they could have worked that out. And then Chris Godwin would have come over with them. But I still think Chris Godwin might be able to go over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, which I would love to see happen. But my sneaky pick is going to be Will Fuller of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we didn't see really anything out of him last year. And we know when that guy's on the field, he's absolutely electric. In his time with Deshaun Watson in uh, Houston, one of the best deep threats in the league. Yeah, he's a guy like Marvin Jones. When if he plays a good amount of a season, he's going to have one of those games where he's going to win you a matchman fantasy or he's going to win your team a game in football because he'll put up 200 yards and you wouldn't be surprised because that's how Will Fuller is as a player. Um, needs to go to a team that's going to maximize his ability. Man, man, man. Imagine him. He's coming off an injury. What's the one team you would not want to see him go to? The Kansas City oh. Chiefs. Oh, that'd be filthy, bro. That would, that would be filthy. If they got anything from him, that'd be filthy. And I don't even think that's a big of a stretch because you have the lure of one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game of football. Uh, you know, a guy that's going to take a, a one-year prove-it deal more than likely with Will Fuller since he hasn't been on the field. It's how it works in football. Uh, we see it happen all the time. Man, man, man. Give me Will Fuller in Kansas City. That'd be absolutely electric. Um, I, I can't really think of any other teams at the top of my head that would like really I'd love to see him play for right now because um, I think there's a lot of teams that just have guys. And also Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup uh, should do fantastic if he is to move on from Dallas, which I assume he will, uh, given the role that he has now been put into. But um, any other guys you want to mention now that you're thinking of some other people or not? Yeah, I mean, I, one other guy is, you know, he obviously, you know, gets clowned on and stuff, but he still is, you know, a really solid NFL player and, and, and Juju Smith. I think, you know, I, I would love to see him, uh, you know, on a team like the Ravens. I, I, that's who I wanted him to go to, um, you know, last year before he ended up signing, uh, you know, signing back with the Steelers. I think, you know, he's a gr I think he's a really you know, an amazing wide receiver three, a really solid wide receiver two. You know, obviously he showed that once AB left, he, he wasn't a wide receiver one. But uh, I think that's someone that, you know, he he's big, um, you know, strong. You know, you can put him, you know, kind of in, in the slot, you know, play, play him like that short yardage game. And I think that's the kind of guy that, you know, Lamar really needs, uh, you know, alongside, you know, Mark Andrews. Um, I think Crowder could be good for that. But yeah, Juju, I think Juju is someone that, you know, if you have an elite, you know, wide receiver one, I think he'd, he would really benefit um, from someone like that. You know, like, like we saw him with B, you know, when AB was, you know, still, you know, in his peak. So now that, that's someone that I think, you know, people kind of forget about just because he has kind of a, a stench when it comes to, you know, all those kind of, you know, social media, you know, activity and all his dances. When you when you look past that, he still is, you know, a, a solid and, and productive wide receiver that I think you know, on the right team could, could really make a difference.
Yeah, him, Bateman, and Brown, I think, wouldn't give an excuse for Lamar anymore. And with the way Andrews has been playing, uh, that's that's yeah. a re- receiving core that I can really trust. And, man, this man, Lamar, he keeps getting hate. He's going to be one of the most hated players in NFL history by the end of his career, regardless of what. For no he's reason. He's awesome. Lamar is so awesome. Uh, that's we we ain't gotta get started on that but yeah i yeah i agree that once if they got him like yeah there wouldn't really be like any excuses yeah it's like okay yeah like lamar like let's go it's time to shine let's let let's go to the super bowl let's fulfill that promise yeah exactly i'd love to see that edit if they someone if he made the super bowl and won it but speaking of hated people we got the man himself rob manfred of the mlb uh, currently, as of the recording of this, two, the first two series of the MLB season have been canceled in regards to the CBA not being agreed upon between the uh, MLB Player Association and the owners. Uh, just been a lot of turmoil every single meeting. It seems to be that they're going backwards at this point, not getting to a conclusion. Um, man, is Rob Manfred the most hated man in American professional sports right now? Yes, he has to be. You know, it, it's such a shame that he is, uh, you know, behind the scenes, the face of, of baseball, because, you know, baseball, baseball is dying. It's just a fact, you know, the NBA and the NFL have, you know, maximized on, you know, social media and, you know, catching the fan and the consumer and, you know, the highlights and everything. And they're just so much more, you know, culturally important and popular right now than the MLB is. The MLB is so far behind that I feel like they're so far behind them you know none of you know not really any of my it's kind of like a niche thing when I see someone my age like be really into baseball and really invested in their team and, and the MLB as a whole and you know to see Manfred you know just really setting the game back when it desperately 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 needs to like full sprint you know be progressive and go forward um it, it's such a shame you know we really need someone like you know like an adam silver or someone that can really grow the game that's what we need grow the game because we have guys that you know can really like you know like we have a really great core of young really exciting players i mean we're in an era of tatis you know cunha jr ozzy uh otani yeah you know who am i missing who am i missing by Guerrero jr um you know, like that kind of core, you know, I'm missing a few guys, but guys that, you know, should be, you know, massive, massive stars in, you know, not just in the baseball world, but like the whole world, you know, they should be awesome, like massive, but they're not because we have a guy that's holding, holding the sport back when it should, it desperately needs to be pushing forward. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, as a, as a kid, my age, uh, being down here in Miami, I want to be going to these Marlins games, not because I want to watch the Marlins play because it's good price. I can be able to see other teams play that, you know, that are really exciting, especially in that division. You got a lot of big, uh, big star power guys. You know, I want to see the Bryce Harpers. I want to see the Acuna. I want to see the Juan Sotos, all those in the world. And I forgot Juan Soto. He fits in that too. Exactly. And, you know, it sucks to see because, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I got to meet Tatis and uh, Bellinger. They shouldn't be down in Miami in uh, the start of March filming a commercial because they should already be at spring trading doing all that stuff. But, uh, you know, the way these negotiations have been going, uh, it can't happen. And, man, something's got to come along because, you know, the players are the ones making the money at the end of the day. And, you know, it's hard because it's going to be a power struggle between the two sides. And, um it's unfortunate to see, you know, I want to be able to go to a baseball game this summer. I want to go down to the Padres and go see them in San Diego. So 
get your shit together, MLB. I mean, I know everyone's telling you that, but seriously, like you're going to start losing some fans. And even like myself, I feel like I'm kind of starting to come back into baseball. And it's kind of hard because what am I supposed to do? I can't watch these games now because they're not there. So, and hey, we're losing content here on Coast to Coast because we want to talk about some baseball. That was our best video ever talking about the MLB race uh, for MVP. So get your shit together, MLB, because. I know. I mean, last the most invested I've been in a baseball season in, you know, probably the last like two, three years. Cause it was so, you know, the giants were so awesome this year and they really helped get me back in, into baseball. Uh, Cause you know, it, it, when your team, you know, isn't playing that well, it's hard to really be, you know, really, really invested um, in that sport. But, you know, nonetheless, yeah, you know, it's just, it's sad because yeah, we should be, you know, growing the game and, you know, enjoying, uh, what sh- should be an exciting baseball season because there's a, the, the parody in baseball I think is is you know pretty deep and the fact that this is the last thing this sport needs because it is really dying like the last thing we need is a freaking lockout that yeah is holding games back and games might get canceled and whatnot it, uh, it's such a shit show man it is such a shit show it sucks yeah. Yeah, so we'll leave it at there. Uh, today, Wednesday talk, whether I get this up tonight in time or I get it up tomorrow, uh, we'll see. But appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, hopefully, next episode you'll be watching. Uh, Jose is going to be on on the air uh, bringing on a guest. So uh, you guys want to stay tuned for that episode. Without further ado, though, this Coast Coast podcast, we got some big stuff coming up. Uh, maybe a- The Batman is coming. The Batman review is coming. We're switching up. It's coming up. It's and coming. Hey, Maybe we got an interview coming up. Someone, someone might have interviewed us for something. So we'll have to let you guys know about that, though. So uh, without further ado, Cusco's Podcast, signing out. Peace.